And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Nine degrees outside at the moment, but trust me, it feels like one. And I think that is accurate because I was out there earlier. Uh, still a few more showers about today. Cloudy tomorrow, a top tomorrow of 12 degrees after an overnight low of four. On Canberra Live with Leon Delaney, Money Matters with Luke Smith from Envision Financial Services. And here he is, larger than life, the legend himself, Luke Smith. Oh, Good afternoon. That's a very loose term, but, you know, <laughs> on a Friday afternoon with minus 23 outside, I'll take it. It's, it's not quite that cold, but it does feel a little bit brisk out there. That breeze is coming straight off the snow. Oh, look, it is. Um, and I don't do this very often, but full credit to a local business. I spent the afternoon at Nick O'Leary's, mm. the winemaker at Wallaroo. Right. And if you want to get out of the wind... Sit in a beautiful <laughs> new cellar door with a fireplace and mm. unlimited wine to get down your neck. That place I can highly, highly recommend for a family event, a party event, or summertime, sit out on the grass, let the kids run amok and sit inside and, and, and pour the wine down your neck. It was it, it's only been open a couple of weeks, Emily. I popped out there today. Poh. I can't, I can't recommend it highly enough. I'm pretty sure that amounts to a shameless free commercial plug. Yep. There we go. Uh, there's Fair the official, enough. You didn't hear that because you're not wearing headphones, but there was the official sound of it. Well, I say I don't do it very often, but again, <laughs> to support local... Um, I'd highly recommend getting out there. Yep, fair enough too. Now, we've got an interesting topic today. We're asking this question, what are the top five risks for people mm. who are in the pre-retirement phase? Yes. Now, the pre-retirement phase, I guess, would be the last few years in the workplace yep. while you're starting to plot and plan and think about what your life is going to be like when you finally pull the plug. Exactly right. You've finally worked out that you've got your big boy, big girl pants on and retirement has snuck up far quicker than you'd realised. And Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, even I'll agree with that. Just the other day I was 18. Um, look, that's exactly right. And I think a lot of this talk about 30 June that we've been sort of discussing from week to week has really brought people um, a, a level of awareness that I'm doing things at the moment, but what's my end game? And I think today we're going to talk about some of the, the, the mistakes that people make and the things that I see that I try and sort of combat early. Um and I, I've got my top five. Um, we of, love a good countdown. <laughs> of, of, Should we of, start at number five? <laughs> well, and, and these are in no real order, no. okay? It could be one, it could be five, it could be anywhere right. in between. So in no particular order in, whatsoever. In, in, Luke, what are the top five risks for pre-retirees? Yeah, not, not in level of severity, but first of all, I find people don't know what they need. So I have a conversation, they come in, they sit down, and I say, well, what do you need to retire on? I don't really know. And then the next line out of their mouth is, can I retire? And I can flip a coin in the air, catch heads or tails, slap it on my wrist and say, well, yes or no. And people are surprised by that. But when you actually break it down and say, you amass assets to be able to retire and generate an income stream, we need to know what that income stream has to be. And I find if you don't know what you're targeting, it's almost futile to say, do I have enough? because you have absolutely no idea what you need. So that's the first one I see people get wrong. Yeah. It's uh, a tricky one, though, isn't it? Because they keep shifting the goalposts. Oh, look, Once upon a time, $50,000 a year sounded like a lot of money. 100%. And, and this is where you know I, I use the word budget or have an idea of what you spend. Because the word budget scares a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I find if you can say to somebody, have an idea of what you spend and where it goes – 
I avoid the word budget because that's perceived as a dirty word. Um, yeah, budget is just a silly word for plan. Yeah, just know what you spend. That's that's really what you need to be aware of because when you come and see someone like me and I say, what do we need to generate? If you can say to me, it's 50, 60, 70, 80, 100, 200, whatever you need, then we can talk realistically about do I have the resources to do it. The second thing I think people struggle with or or don't do enough of quickly enough is pay down non-deductible debt. Because if you've got a mortgage when you retire and you say to me, I need 70,000 to live, but 12 of it's going to a mortgage, that's affecting your lifestyle directly. So yeah. knowing that you've paid off as much of your debt as possible or doing as much as you can as early as possible. Now, a lot of people are very good at this, but keeping up with the Joneses can be very, very dangerous in a rising interest rate environment because we've been able to hide a lot of financial inequity or the stretching of budgets. We've been able to hide that for a decade. Yeah, Very cheap interest rates means you could carry a lot of debt with minimal payments. Now at 6%, people are starting to get exposed and financially you're starting to see that people's eyes were bigger than their bellies. Um, so control your debt and pay down your debt as quickly as you can to have as much choice and control over your retirement cash flow as possible. The next one is um, adult kids wanting money and loans. Now, I've got a very sort of strict view of this. Um, some people agree, some people won't. You don't gift your kids anything. If you do give them something, it's a loan and it's coming back. And that's from an asset protection perspective, but also from an expectation perspective. We don't need to give kids any more ribbons. Right? The school system has given out far too many ribbons and told too many children that they're exceptional, they're amazing, you can be whatever you want to be, which I think in a way has twisted their perception of what's realistic. And they come into parents now and saying, oh, can I just borrow 300000 to take out a bigger mortgage on my house? The answer there is no. Can you do it without me? And if you can't, you shouldn't be doing it. Now, I can say that as a parent because... One, I'm a parent, so I understand what that's like because I've got two little girls that want everything. And no is not a bad word. It's actually appropriate to avoid the destruction of your retirement because what a lot of mums and dads don't realise is if if little Billy or little Jenny lose their job and can't pay their mortgage, yeah. it's the bank of mum and dad that then comes under duress and mum and dad may not have the capacity to help them or replenish the money that they've lost from their super or their savings. So... Be very mindful of the potential risks there. Well, we've heard a lot about the bank of mum and dad in recent years, and there's a reason for that. Housing has become increasingly mm. increasingly unaffordable and out of reach for many. Yep. The, 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 the uh, equation is a simple one. A mm. couple of generations ago, you only needed two and a half times annual average income to buy an average house. Mm. Now you need more like 10 or 12. Correct. Yeah. It is quite ridiculous. So we understand yes. why mum and dad attempted to help out if they can. But mm. if you choose to, the best thing to do is make it a proper formalised loan arrangement and yep. have it properly documented. 100%. You, you couldn't have said it better because I don't let anybody gift anything. Yeah, It's a loan, it's formalised, it's written down, it's documented, there's a lawyer involved. Because if, if, if Billy and Jenny, Billy and Billy, Jenny and Jenny, whoever's married ends up getting divorced five years down the road and it's not documented, yeah. Partner and partner will fight over who gets half of something and mum and dad miss out. So you need to document it to protect yourself, even from something that may be completely out of control of your particular child. 
So it's it's very important. And also the expectations. If you fuel this and you go, yeah, yeah, we'll give you whatever you need. Now, if you can give the kids the money and it doesn't affect your lifestyle, great, no problems. But for those that are pressured into or or, or lent on or made to feel bad that you're a bad parent, my friends have done this, I see this all the time. Oh, I need to give my kids some money because, you know, all of her friends have been given money and they're going to buy a house. Well, for everybody else's parents, that might be fine. For your particular situation, you may not have the capacity to do that. Now, we always want to as a parent, right? That's uh, you, Your job as a parent is to say yes when it is appropriate to do so. Um, and, and in this instance, be mindful of that. And, and saying no is not a bad thing. So don't get yourself in a position where your retirement is jeopardised by your generosity to your children. Yeah. Um, or to anybody else for that matter. Correct. Exactly right. Because yeah. there are people that find themselves getting into trouble because um, maybe they've split up and they meet somebody new and then that somebody new might be, well, they might be uh, in, they might they might sort of ask for a lot. They might be needy. Yeah, look, exactly. And I, and I think this is where people need to stay in their lane. And, and I think over the next 12, 18 months, two years, this will become more and more prevalent because, as I said earlier, cheap money can hide a lot of decisions. Yeah. And rising interest rates makes things a lot more transparent. Um, so, so just be mindful of that. Um, the We've only thing, got through three risks so far. <laughs> well, let's wrap up the, 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 the last couple very quickly. Get more money into super sooner rather than later. Do a little bit more a little bit sooner. You don't have to put heaps in, but if you can be consistent over time, time is your friend. Um, don't leave it to the end because you can't get it all in at once. Um, and be mindful of your contributions. I find a lot of people have this, this assumption that a single fund is better than two or three. You can actually cause your kids a lot of tax pain by having a single fund and making tax-deductible and tax-free contributions to the same account. So be strategic about where you put your super and which accounts you use, thinking with the end in mind for the next generation. Wow. So uh, that's a, a quick rundown of the top five risks. Top five. Top five risks. <laughs> We've, uh, we've almost uh, used up all the time. Uh, in fact, what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. It's around about uh, 12 minutes to 5 o'clock now, and Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me talking about the top five risks for people that are in the final years of preparing for retirement. We'll be back with more in a moment. Eight minutes to five. Now, Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today, and our topic today is what are the top five risks for pre-retirees, people in the last couple of years of working as they mm. plan for their retirement. Now, Luke, we've spent a fair bit of time mm. identifying what those five risks yep. are. So how can people address those issues and do it nice and early? Yeah, so it's actually not as difficult as you think. So we spoke originally about not knowing what you need. The flip side to that is have an understanding of where your money goes. It's not hard. If all you need to do over the course of a month is open the notes app on an iPhone and take a photo of every receipt when you have a transaction, there's a great starting point. Go to your bank app. Bank apps now are very detailed in relation to where things are spent. They give it a label, they give it a category. Use those types of tools because most people live and die with a phone in their hand. So all the information you need is right there. You just need to be focused on being a little bit more aware as opposed to being a little bit more nonchalant about what you're spending. Secondly, Pay off as much non-deductible debt as you can, and we've spoken in many a show about using an offset account and having an understanding of where your savings go and centralising your savings. Three, 
Tell your kids no. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't make you a bad parent. It just makes you realistic and it actually lets you demonstrate the values that were probably passed on to you by your parents because those last two generations were very wise, very sensible and I think a lot of that sensibility has been diluted by social media and just social pressure to have more. So say no or do your kids a deal. If you save that, I'll give you this so that they have an incentive to do something and be engaged with their behaviour. Um, the next one is make as much as you can contribution-wise in your later years to superannuation. We've talked in previous shows about the catch-up concessional rules where you could put in thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 for a contribution, but also try and get as close to 27500 as you can. And last week we spoke about do I salary sacrifice or do I use a personal deductible contribution? Two very good ways with two different sort of philosophies to them to get money into super to minimise your tax but also bolster your retirement capital. And you've said you should also make sure you don't leave it too late in mm. your working career to be able to do that yeah. because uh, if you uh, get to the end and you want to put a lot of money into a super fund, there will be obstacles. That's right. So let's say you sold a couple of investment properties or you downsized. You can only get 300 in each on the downsizer rules. You can only put in 330000 in one go as a tax-free contribution, and that locks you out for three years. So you need to be adding in your last couple of years. From 55 to 60, I think you need to be really strategic. If you assume that 60 was an average exit date because you can quit and get your money, from 55 to 60, you need to be really strategic about the way that you save and where you direct your savings so that you have as much flexibility as possible because everybody loves being able to quit at 60 and start a tax-free pension. Now, that doesn't preclude you from going back to work. You can definitely do that, but everybody loves the word tax-free and you should take advantage of that mm. because super is the most tax-effective vehicle out there. And uh, finally, of course, uh, the fifth of the uh, five risks we were talking mm. about was making sure you're putting your contributions in the best possible place. Exactly. So what I'm saying here is don't just assume that having one fund is cheaper than having two because if you have sold assets or you have money you've already paid tax on, if you put that into super, and that gets paid to your adult children later in life, that comes out tax-free. If you put a deductible contribution into a super fund and you pass and you have non-dependent children, your children will incur tax of 17%. So understand the type of contribution you're making and also where that contribution is going because if you can avoid it, you don't want to muddy them into the same fund because you're diluting strategic considerations that somebody like me can help you with that you may not even be aware of. So just think about where you're putting it and the assumption of one fund's cheaper than two is just it's just silly. So the key things to remember are have a target for whatever income stream it is you think you need for retirement. Exactly. And then go for it. Uh, I know this is your favourite one. Tell the kids no yep. uh, because it's in their own best interest. Correct. Uh, but if you decide to tell the kids yes, make sure you make it all official and do 100%. the paperwork. 100%. Uh, Maximise contributions early. The sooner you do it, the better. Yep. Uh, use the legislation in your favour like the uh, the downsizer and so forth. Correct. And pay off any debt you have as quickly as possible. Yeah, the non-deductible stuff should be hammered as with, with everything you've got and then work out from there what you need to live on. So, Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so 6260-4749. Uh, we've got envisionfinancial.com.au. It's Envision with an E. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. We've got... Uh, as my daughter says, the, the Tiki Tocker, uh, TikTok handle, the strategy stacker, where we have a couple of clips there. 
short and concise, and this is all in Smart Money Strategy, your ultimate guide to financial planning, which is the book that we dropped in March that's available at all good bookstores and online with Amazon and Booktopia. Fantastic. Thanks very much. See you next week. Luke Smith from Envision Financial, and Luke will be back in the studio once again at the same time next Friday afternoon with more Financial Matters.